Blah, blah, blah. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is October 7th. 2020 and this is episode 252 and today the least known Huxley and <laughs> that was for you guns and uh what's the rest of it I'm your best buddy Basil and this is guns welcome to the podcast where we love Jesus we love you we love us and we love our enemies too even though mm-hmm. it's hard to do oh snappy I'm loving it yeah today, guns. much shorter much shorter loving it loving yeah. it loving it all right. Well, we are back. What is it? It's Wednesday. It's what the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to learn some stuff uh, about the least known Huxley later on in the show. Uh, any updates uh, regarding you? Still on baby alert there, Gons? Still on baby alert. I woke up this morning uh, in with anxiety. I've never mm. really had it before. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, it was... Um, First off, I had a dream about like the baby, you know, happening. So, you know, wife mm-hmm. saying it's, it's, yeah, you know, we got to go to the hospital, that it's whole time. deal. The baby Just, is happening. The baby's happening. Yeah. The so happening. I had that dream. And then it was a weird, I was laying in bed and I, you know how you kind of go in and out of sleep and you're, you're in mm-hmm. that state. Well, I was in this like weird, uh, state where I, I was super high anxiety because I'm a conspiracy theorist. Mm. It was the weirdest thing. It was like, oh, Got to try not to be so conspiratorial because they're oh, after it was, me. Okay. It was part of your dream or half dream half or something. Dream. Yeah. I don't remember what I was dreaming about, but I woke up with that. It was like a double whammy anxiety. Control. Yeah, it was weird. The mind control is kicking in, Gonzo. And then I felt super old because I got up and I fell over because my, uh, my ankle, you know, I don't know what it is about getting older, but like you just wake up and just things hurt. The old just, man bones. Yeah, my in. ankle was just like, ah, yeah. it's not right. I don't know. I didn't twist it or anything, but yeah, there you go. No more hoops for you, Gons. Oh, I know. I'm so sad about that. I haven't played yeah. in a while because, you know, nobody's out. They actually, uh, one of the local parks, they took down the rim <laughs> during the whole Rona thing. They're like, no basketball for you, Aww. citizen. Wow. So Gotta hit up some deep underground black market <laughs> basketball black games market b-ball yeah <laughs> <Black> okay market <laughs> b-ball it's a good episode title yeah yeah well i had sort of a similar uh, uh you know it's been having some hard time sleeping lately last night slept great slept in in fact and was feeling great woke up and then got an email that just sent me into a spiral of fury furious activity um, so it's been a busy day, and that's why we're a little bit uh, late on the show today. But it's okay. I think I saved the day. I don't know. I won't really know until after the show's over. But uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of anxiety-producing uh, <laughs> life guess. events recently. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on spiritually, but they're probably yeah. after us. Yeah, it seems that way. So keep us in prayer, everybody. Yeah. We certainly need it. Um, but I suppose we should get into the show. What do you say? Blah, blah, blah. blah. Hmm. <laughs> cool. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's going to be one of those days. Do you want fries with that? That's right, everybody. It's a Flippy update. For those who don't know if it's your first time listening or watching the show, Flippy is our dear, dear, colloquially named friend. uh, Gosh, see, when I go off script, I can't remember what to do. Flippy is the colloquial name we have for the burger flipping robot, the disembodied arm. Uh, We use it as a proxy conversation to talk about how robotics are coming into our lives. They're taking our jobs enslaving our children and flirting with our spouses um today we have an actual flippy update you know we like to check in with the original flippy now and again um so most of you know flippy from miso robotics started this all off by making the burger flipping robot we got some updates here this is coming from digitaltrends.com flippy the fast food prepping robot goes on sale for thirty thousand dollars. Why not thirty-three? Just tack on that extra three K tax and call oh, it thirty-three. Oh, you just wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, add in tax. I'm sure it gets pretty close to thirty-three K mm, there. Yeah. The article reads: Robot Fry Chef Flippy, the fast food prepping bot created by Miso Robotics, is now available for purchase by eateries, opening up access to a wider audience than ever. Described as a roar, that's a robot on a rail, natch. Uh, The current Flippy robot is capable of whizzing from one kitchen workstation to another with a growing set of impressive culinary skills. Using a depth sensing camera, it can identify different foods and temperatures and then carry out the necessary prep work along with limited grill maintenance tasks. At present, it can cook a reported 19 different food items including, but not limited to, waffle fries, burgers, potato wedges, french fries, popcorn shrimp, chicken wings, and more. It's a deep fry frenzy, Gonzo. Quote, our global commercial availability allows operators of chains across the globe to tackle the current challenges of labor and social distancing in a cramped kitchen. Low margins due to a shifting trend towards delivery and takeout as well as health and safety concerns to stimulate growth in an industry facing record permanent closures. Buck Jordan, (laughs) which sounds like a fake name, but okay, Buck Jordan, president and chairman of Miso Robotics, told Digital Trends, quote, Flippy can be customized to meet the needs of operators, but the standard install can be done quickly overnight to make access to automation pretty instantaneous. The robot itself costs $30,000 upfront, which can, if required, be financed through time payments. I'm not sure what time payments are, Just but it sounds payments. I know. But the term time payments sounds like we will take 4 months off your life. Uh <laughs> every month uh, but on top of that there's an added then this is where they get you gone's always we read the fine print mm-hmm. on top of that there's an added fifteen hundred dollar monthly fee to Ooh. gain access to the necessary ai software oh my gosh. while that might seem steep at a time when eateries are struggling the increased automation could help increase efficiency in the kitchen meaning more money coming in jordan said that the Goal is eventually to be able to pull in enough customers that there will be no upfront for the robot and everything will be packed into monthly cost. You know, that's annoying because it seems like everything is going to monthly cost. Uh, Even like Microsoft Word 
and Adobe products, you don't buy any of it up front. You just you're locked into a monthly payment, yeah. which is kind of nice because it used to be like 900 bucks or something for some of these big software suites. But, you know, after a couple of years, you are paying out the nose anyways. However, until then, a $30,000 buy in price still represents a major saving on what arm robots cost just a few years ago. Quote, we believe the news and wide availability of Flippy Roar will help to increase automation adoption in the market, which is really the only path forward in a post-pandemic climate. Jordan said, quote, we have seen tremendous excitement from investors who see the opportunity for an AI platform, automation, and robotics to lead a new era of growth for the quick service restaurants. So there you go, Guns. And, you know, this was kind of a big update because, you know, we talk a lot about different robots and Flippy and, uh, you know, the the different uh, automatons that are making their way into our daily lives. Most of them are not uh, sort of commercially available for everyone to buy immediately. You know, a lot of them are still in beta testing or you know, only available to certain high level clients that can really test out use cases. But we have moved into the era. This this uh, this marks a new era where Flippy is available to anyone who can, uh, you know, make the the measly <laughs> investment of thirty thousand dollars. So there you go. Big news. Big news. I'm pretty sure they listened to your dinosaur roar. And mm-hmm. tried to fit the robot on a rail Damn. thing and just that made sounds it. sounds right. Yeah, they That's... got tips from you and no check for you. That sounds legit. Guns, I do got to say, I'm looking at the chat today before we get into the, the main stories or the updates, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are an especially international show today. Um, I saw somebody said they're from Romania. We got uh, a Swedish person in there. Holland um yeah so we're we're especially international today so that's good news yeah well you know we're a world community not the world order but look at all these global citizens (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, i was actually Mm. on that note was uh responding to one of our producers who uh emailed us about why uh, she was asking why churches don't uh teach on revelation on the book mm-hmm. of revelation. And um, I was just mentioning how it's because a lot of it is divisive and uh, you know, people, a lot of churches are seeker friendly, quote unquote, you know, so they don't yeah. want to get into revelation where there's a lot of different opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I reminded her that of course, you know, Matthew eighteen twenty talks about how, when there are two or three gathered in his name, there am I in the midst of them. So even this technically, you know, even though it's online, if we're, we're doing it, we're doing it. This is like, this is church more or less. I mean, it's a little, you know, yeah. we're not, we're not sitting well, we here. Sh- yeah. There's, there's plenty of people who have shared that sentiment with us that yeah. uh, this show, not just the show, but the whole community, of course, we've got different communities and the chat during the show is a, uh, is a great uh, replacement in this time of church being closed down. And, you know, especially for those who are on the fringes who don't don't necessarily feel welcome sharing certain beliefs in church this is the place for you yep um and some more international updates we got australia we got brazil 
We are really th- all across the globe or the pancake, whichever uh, you know side of the flat Earth discussion you're on. You are welcome. I think fishbowl makes fish sense. Bowl. You know, yeah, you're outside of it. We need still some, looks like a globe, but we need yeah, some inner it. Earth, uh, inner hollow Earth citizens to pipe up here. Well, if it's a fish globe, then uh, or a fishbowl, you're you're mm-hmm. doing you're kind of doing all of it at once. You know, because it's kind of flat on the inside but then it's still round from the outside and it's still hollow you know whoa yeah Yeah. so deep (laughs) i know (laughs) um real quick i I don't know if this matters at all but uh eddie van halen passed away yesterday were you ever uh were you ever a van halen fan not really i mean i'm a fan as much as uh you know i recognize their impact on the uh, pop culture in general and rock and roll so uh, yeah, that's too bad to hear. Was it the Rona? <laughs> no, it was, uh, I think cancer. I think yeah. he, uh, never, it was like throat cancer. So I don't think he stopped smoking and drinking from the eighties. Mm. Yeah, that'll happen. But it's, uh, I, I just want to mention how my, um, uh, my mother-in-law what, used to hang out with, uh, Sammy Hagar. So, oh yeah oh <laughs> I know. I don't know if that's a good Wild thing or bad woman. <laughs> good thing or bad thing. I was like, oh, okay. All right, we'll see. There's there's a lot of implications tied up in that, but we don't need to get <laughs> into know. that now. I know, crazy. Yeah. Okay, all right, let's go through some updates here. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. Thirty-three is the number of completion of the Great War. Thirty-three is also the number that the elite use to signal to each other. It is the what do you call it? The elite. What is it? Elite, uh, the Illuminati dog whistle. Dog whistle. Thank you. Is my favorite description. Okay. So this is richlandsource.com. 33 forever continues fundraising and education efforts. So I was like, what is 33 forever? And it's actually, it's, it's kind of sad. I I was sort of depressed when I found out about this charity thing. It is a, it's a charity. It's a different charity from the one we did looked at before. Oh, weird. Uh, okay. This is 33 forever help and resources for those suffering, suffering from depression and anxiety mm. is named after this, uh, this gal who passed away, Danielle. Uh, she passed away at age 33. So they named mm. it 33 forever, which, um, again, kind of sad, but also, you know, I don't yeah, know. Very fits right into the narrative. Yeah, there. I guess. But yeah. So there's, you know, I, I, I was curious. I went down the rabbit hole and found uh, that I might need to call them because I'm depressed now. Depressed from finding out that it's just a <laughs> thing that trying they, to help people. That it exists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, here's another one. This is Ottawa Courier. Police Ottawa man had 33 pounds of meth. Ooh. Yeah. Illuminati meth. Yeah, you know, I did. I was supposed to prepare a, a jingle, or not a jingle. We have a little ISO uh-huh. uh, crystal meth for days, but I don't have it on me. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted an excuse to play that, but there you this, go. Thirty-three these pounds 33, of meth. Uh, these thirty-three updates are a real emotional roller coaster. Oh today. my gosh, it's uh, yeah, it's everywhere. But, okay, uh, you know, I like I like the picture of this uh, police crew. You know, standing in front of the 33 pounds of meth they found and they're all posing like, yeah, check it out. Check out the 33 pounds of meth that we took down. Okay. Um, One more quick one. I thought this Mm -hmm. was interesting. This is uh, OCregister.com, my neck of the woods. Disneyland lays off 
uh, layoffs include 2,800 restaurant workers, food cart vendors, and Club 33 staff. Oh, (laughs) wow. Wow. So if you didn't know, at Disneyland here in Anaheim, Orange County, there's a secret, well, it's not that secret anymore, but there's a place called Club 33. It's like a restaurant for uh, insiders and such. That, yeah, uh, the, VIP celebrities. Yeah. It costs like a million bucks or something crazy to join. Yeah, yeah. And it's a very uh, exclusive group. And I've actually, yeah, I think I took pictures of the door when I went uh, a few years ago. But yeah, so even the Club 33 staff. <laughs> taken wow. out in the layoffs that's really too bad it must they must be the uh the lowest ranks you know well i don't know that that's a that's a big that seems bigger than just like your normal churro worker getting laid off you know <laughs> club 33 there's a lot of very uh, a lot of theories surrounding it i cannot confirm uh any of the details now but certainly uh p- some people have made connections with you know the Jeff's, uh, Jeffrey Epstein types oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Who is the famous uh, Johnny Depp? Famously loved Club Thirty Three, which automatically should uh, put it into question. But well, there's also that uh, Walt Disney statue where mi- there, he's standing next to Mickey, mm-hmm. and from certain angles, it's kind of a nefarious, uh, you know, yeah. outline mm-hmm. that creates. Yeah. A, and there's a lot of that in Disney movies and stuff too. A lot of the Mm-hmm. hidden messages and stuff that are less than wholesome. Yep. Um, so there you go. That, those are a couple of 33 updates. Here's a, okay. here's a few Trump things here. We will launch a new age. Russia, 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 <laughs> Russia, Russia. <laughs> that was a great jingle combo. Oh, yeah, good, good stuff. Okay, this is yahoo.com. Trump News Live CIA analyst says Putin likely bugging president's doctors as he goes on Roy Rage Twitter rampage. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, how do you get likely Putin likely bugging the doctors? I'm assuming who, bugging as in like surveillance. Yes, but also CIA yeah. analyst. Okay, so former, here's what it says. It's a really short. You know, a couple paragraphs here. Former intelligence okay. agents. So former intelligence agents. Yeah, right. Former. Uh, my yeah, my butt. Yeah. There uh, is no such thing. Yeah. Warn that foreign powers like Russia and China may know more than the U.S. about tr- uh, Donald Trump's health status through clandestine. Keyword, may. Yeah, yeah, may. Through clandestine espionage like bugging the president's doctors. Trump mm. was accused of suffering roid rage in reference to the experimental COVID steroid treatment after tweeting dozens of posts early on Wednesday morning. The stream of consciousness focused on his enemies, the stimulus package, and the NBC town hall that called Joe Biden voters as undecided. The president has been accused of being the super spreader responsible for the current outbreak of coronavirus in the no, white house see that's where they're wrong if it's trump he's the super duper spreader yeah the super duper super duper super duper where's my super duper jingle ah, it's mm-hmm. always missing from where i want it here it is i call it the super duper missile incredible it's incredible <laughs> incredible uh yeah but you know the, the, the people talk about the deep state and stuff mm-hmm. and it's become uh, I don't know. It's become kind of like a mainstream phrase now, 
But yeah, of course, you have people that are in the CIA, and if there is some kind of quote unquote draining of the swamp, then certain people on uh, on the inside are gonna, you know, push out misinformation. This just seems like misinformation to me to push more of that Russia narrative that they just love yeah. to push. Yeah, and notice how nothing's confirmed. It's a quote-unquote ex-intelligence officer say it may be possible. Of course it is. If those doctors have a cell phone, uh, just any (laughs) sort of... yeah, you know, anybody. A nominally experienced hacker can can bug those doctors. Yeah, there's a lot more that's bugged and tracked than Trump's yeah. doctors, I'm sure. And if they have TikTok, then China has all their info too. Yep, yep, yes, they do. Okay, here's a quick mask update. If you're working alone, wear a mask. The mask's not for you. It's to protect the people you care about. That's right. This is USA mm. Today. COVID-19 and cars. This was sent in by a producer. So thank you to the producer who sent that in. Uh, the article in COVID-19 mm, and cars, yeah. not a good medical mix as it can harm drivers and passengers. Mm-hmm. This is, I, I was reading through this. I was appalled at what, what it says here. President Donald Trump's Sunday ride outside Walter Reed National Mil- Military Medical Center can be a teachable moment for drivers and passengers, experts say. Experts are government shields i don't know if you know or think you are sick they say you shouldn't get into a vehicle unless it's unavoidable any person known to have suspected of having covid19 should quote isolate themselves at home except if he or she needs to get medical care says sanja rasmussen a professor of pediatrics and epidemiology at the university of florida college of medicine and college of public health and health professions yeah. If they have to travel in the vehicle to get care, the driver and passenger should wear masks and the person with COVID-19 should sit in the back seat or further back if in a large vehicle such as a van, she says, quote, more stigmatizing. <laughs> get in the back, get in the infected back. individual. I know, isn't that crazy? This is like yeah. the complete opposite of uh of the, uh, you know, all well, the civil rights stuff. And I don't know how many details you wanted to get into, but I thought it was interesting that they they basically show their hand right up front, which is, oh, the president rode in a car, so now riding in cars is bad. Don't do it. <laughs> the orange man rode in a car, and that means you should not. The car, quote, the car windows should be opened and the car vents should be used to bring in outside air. But I thought yeah. it's but I thought it spreads through the air. Yes. What, what do you want us to do? Yeah, yeah, USA yeah. Today. Uh, anyway, yeah, this is this yeah. is just no, ridiculous. It was it was outrageous, and of course, like I said at the beginning, the president rode in a car, so now <laughs> riding in cars is evil. Yeah. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out before we finish up the updates here. There was mm. a YouTube uh, person, Byron. Uh, that had a very inspiring message. I'm addicted to this show. Now I'm thinking of becoming a producer. All right. Mm, Thank you very much, Byron. And uh, I think a lot of people are in the same boat, so maybe you guys can uh, encourage each other. It's the thought Um, that counts. It's the... (laughs) Yeah, the thought is worth something. It's worth something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, quick race wars update. Race wars. Race wars. Race war. I've warned you and warned you and warned you. This was uh, trending right now all over the place. Fox9.com. Derek Chauvin released from jail on $1 million bond. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, Chauvin, the guy who had his knee on George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep, I mean, it's basically the headline there. Chauvin yeah, had been so released. I, what, what, what was the most recent update? Did he actually get convicted or is the case I it was, ongoing? I thought it was like second degree or something like that, but maybe not. Hold on. Yeah. I don't oh, know here we go. It, Chauvin was yeah. arrested and charged with third degree murder and manslaughter just four days after the Memorial Day death of George Floyd. Uh, Chauvin, the officer seen kneeling on the neck in a video is charged with second degree murder, third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Defense teams of four, all four former officers have filed motions to move the trial out of Hennepin County. Uh, Yeah. So he's not technically convicted yet. Yeah. Not yet, but okay. Yeah. You know what? Like whatever. You know, it's, I don't know. We'll see. It's it's very meaningful to a lot of people. I know. And so, but yeah, moving. They, they certainly. I mean, one million bail. That's pretty large bail. I mean, that's that not pretty, nothing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you got to get all those white supremacists to pitch in. You know? That's true. All, well, all, you know, all two hundred KKK members out there. Yeah, what was the last number? I think they said the the last known number of KKK members was 3,000 or something. Yeah, it was a couple thousand, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty small group. I know. Um, they're taking over yeah. the country, Basil. Haven't you been watching the news? <laughs> oh, gosh. They love Haven't Trump and they're taking over. Trump's Our democracy. Yeah, okay, okay. Let's <laughs> keep moving. Okay. <laughs> I know, I get a little too cynical there. Okay, one more quick update. This is about CRISPR. <laughs> All right, this is Vox.com. Of course, we've been following CRISPR, the uh, DNA editing. uh, I was about to say software, but it's more of like a kit. Hmm. Um, Okay, so headline, CRISPR has ignited a gene editing revolution. These noble winning women scientists were the spark. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit of this here. Mushrooms that don't brown. A treatment for sickle cell anemia, driving malaria, carrying mosquitoes to extinction, resurrecting the woolly mammoth, editing genes and human embryos to make them less susceptible to HIV. These are just a handful of the possibilities of the versatile gene editing tool known as CRISPR that scientists have explored in the few years since its discovery. Uh, on Wednesday, the 2020 Nobel Prize in Chemistry was awarded to the pair of scientists who discovered the CRISPR gene editing mechanism, known uh, also known as CRISPR-Cas9, uh, it acts as a pair of genetic scissors to precisely make cuts and insertions in genomes, creating the possibilities of treating genetic ma- uh, mal- maladies, uh, as well as introducing new heritable traits into living organisms. Emmanuel, interesting, Emmanuel uh, Charpentier, director of the Max Planck Unit for the Science of Pathogens in Berlin, Germany, and Jennifer Doudna, a professor at the University of California, Berkeley, will split the $1.1 million prize evenly, marking the first time two women scientists have been awarded the chemistry Nobel without a male collaborator. Woo. So go, go girls. Girl uh, power. Jennifer Doudna, just for a reference too, she says here she's at Berkeley. And she she was in a whole bunch of lawsuits uh, fighting for the uh, some of the patents of CRISPR. And, you know, she's Hmm. claiming that she came out with uh, some of the original technology and she won, I think, a bunch of them. 
So getting on that uh, daddy Fauci uh, business model. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm. uh, I know she, in the last few years, she's been fighting a whole bunch of that in court. Okay. This is the part where I thought it was very interesting. Quote, this year's prize is about rewriting the code of life. Mm, Goran K. Hansen, secretary general of the Royal Swedish Academy of Science said on Wednesday, and it uh, goes on to talk more about CRISPR there. Uh, there is a section at the end. The science of gene editing is advancing much faster than the ethics. And it brings up the whole situation that happened in China with He Jiangku. Uh, and, you know, they're basically saying, oh, we have to make sure the science checks out before we move forward with this. And, you know, of course, uh, the, no matter what, they're going to move forward with it. And, of course, uh, as we've speculated, there's probably things in laboratories uh, un- unknown to the public that have done quite the disastrous things well before even CRISPR was, was around. But now that it is, I'm sure there's abominable things in the, in, in places that you don't know about. Um, abominable snowmen. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. You know, people always yeah. complain that we don't talk Bigfoot enough. So yeah. Yes. We don't talk Bigfoot as much as we probably should. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, Might need to do a little Bigfoot update. Yeah, I did mention uh, as a tweet, I sent out the quote, this year's prize is about rewriting the code of life. And I, and I quoted Lucifer, I will be like the most high, Isaiah 14, 14. So uh, this is very much in line with trying to play God. And we've been looking at that from a biblical perspective for a while. And that's why you know people tune into shows like ours, because we'll talk about these issues in a biblical context both ancient and eschatological. And uh, we're not afraid to do that because uh, I don't know. It's weird because I I see a lot of church folk, you know, this kind of stuff keeps getting published and, you know, the science keeps moving, the quote unquote science Mm -hmm. keeps moving forward. And um, a lot of the church is, they're either like, Oh, cool. We're going to be like (laughs) X-Men or they're like, ah, they're never going to achieve it. You know, it's just really weird how it's, and yeah, split. just a sort of a refusal to interact on a deeper level either way. Yeah, yeah. I you mean, know, it's, it's either just, just a... whatever uh, whatever society says or it's all fake. Never going to happen. Right. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of fake, Gons. We are in deep fake. We are in deep fake. That's right. Okay. Big news coming from Tom'sHardware.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of uh, a uh, a nerd nerd website. It's got news. It's got all sorts of stuff. Um, lots of reviews for computer hardware, uh, but also some other stuff. And let's take a look at it. Uh, the article is titled "Deep Fake Yourself" with Nvidia Maxine's video chat tool. The tools, multiple tools. Oh, wow. Lots of fun stuff. You got deep fake. You got Maxine in there. Well, yeah, like Maxine, Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Moving on. Uh, the article reads, it's October now, which means it's mask season. <laughs> <laughs> or it would be if this whole year weren't mask season. At any rate, it seems that NVIDIA's uh, getting in on the holiday cheer with its newly announced NVIDIA Maxine video streaming platform, which, among other features, essentially lets you video chat while wearing a deep fake style mask of 
yourself. Maybe the result wasn't intended to be spooky, but looking at NVIDIA's video demonstrations, Maxine is perfectly fitting for October. Maxine actually comes with a bunch of features, but the one that first caught my eye was its new AI-assisted video compression tool. Have you ever wanted to deepfake your own face? No. <laughs> or turn your own face into a virtual chat avatar to then animate with something like the face rig tool that's so common among virtual YouTubers like Kizuna AI? No, because that's essentially what this tool does, all with the end goal of reducing bandwidth and maybe improving video streaming quality. Essentially, rather than constantly sending video data to whoever you're chatting with, this new video compression tool sends them a static picture of your face, then reads the movement of your lips, eyes, cheeks, and other key facial features to animate that picture on the other end using AI. NVIDIA gives an example of the video stream using nearly 100 kilobytes per frame versus an AI compressed streaming uh, stream using just 0.12 kilobytes per frame. Wow, that's a huge difference, meaning about a thousand times difference in size. The result is a mostly real, uh, realistic depiction of what you actually look like talking, but with much less data being sent over the network, emphasis on mostly. Because the compression tool isn't actually sending video, but is instead animating a static picture, it has to make some guesses, which results in things like blurry teeth, fuzzy edges, and an animatronic-style feel on some motions. It's up to you whether a lower bandwidth cost is worth some uncanny valley imagery, but it does kind of feel uh, like a little... What? It does kind of feel like a little like an alien is wearing a skin suit in <laughs> NVIDIA's example video. Perfect. Assuming, <laughs> assuming those kinks get worked out, it still feels odd that we could eventually live in a future where video chats essentially use computer-generated facsimiles of our own faces, which uh, we would operate using actual video of those same faces. And like deepfakes, this does raise questions as to potential impersonation. Could I send someone a picture of Tim Cook and just map my facial movements onto his face? But given that this is currently being positioned as a developer-focused tool rather than a consumer-facing one, companies might consider the trade-off in realism worth it for increased performance. Or, of, uh, of course, Maxine doesn't stop just at recreating your face. It's also promising AI-powered enhancements like face reanimation. Ah! The concept here is pretty simple. Say you're focusing your eyes on a certain corner of your monitor screen or tilting your head off to the side so you can look at a second monitor. Much like the AI video compression outlined above, face reanimation will use a still reference image and your facial movement data to adjust how you look on camera so that you appear to be looking directly at the screen with your eyes focused on its center. Wow, that is so crazy and also useless. <laughs> um, just to summarize that part for everybody, you know, when you're video chatting, you're looking mm -hmm. off to the side, you're looking at yourself in the little box there, you're looking down, maybe you're looking at emails. This would deep fake your face to look like you're actually paying attention. I know a lot of uh, learning at home students who have to go to school on Zoom uh, would love to take advantage <laughs> of that option, I think. Yeah. 
NVIDIA's example video shows that this still has a ways to go as the reanimated face is distinctly lower quality than the input data and stutters a bit as it moves to the center. It also comes with the same uncanny valley quality as the AI video compression tool, but assuming this all gets worked out, I could see something like this being helpful for workers who need to multitask during meetings or even students dealing with overly aggressive virtual learning software, punishing them for not looking directly at the screen. Oh yeah, there you go. On a less unsettling end of the spectrum, Maxine also promises AI-assisted video upscaling, which could help those who don't have the best webcams, as well as similar features to RTX Voices Noise Reduction and NVIDIA Broadcast's AutoFrame. NVIDIA's demo video also briefly shows off tools for live language translation and for mapping facial movements to cartoon avatars, which might help offset the uncanny valley nature of Maxine's AI compression and face reanimation tools. We currently don't know much about these features, but they seem like they genuine be genuinely helpful regardless of whether someone is a developer or not. For now, NVIDIA's Maxine isn't coming straight to consumers. Instead, NVIDIA's offering free cloud access uh, to it to third-party firms who can then use it to improve their own software. That's probably good because while running these tools locally off your own RTX cards could improve performance, keeping them to the cloud will make them more accessible to the average person and will go further toward normalizing them. Still, communications... Uh, firm Avea is the only partner to have currently announced that it's using Maxine, so don't expect these features popping up in your Zoom calls anytime soon. All jokes aside, as work from home continues to be the new normal across plenty of industries, it's not surprising to see companies like NVIDIA step up to try to make these spaces easier and more professional, even if it means they have to walk through the uncanny valley first. Okay, so just to summarize for those uh, trying to keep up, NVIDIA has come out with a platform that will make deep fakes uh, incredibly easy for everyone and will probably soon be built right into Zoom, built right into Skype, uh, built right into all your messaging platforms because as they mentioned, right now they're not selling it directly to consumers, but they're partnering with uh, other firms, third-party firms. So this is another step, Gons, towards the you can't believe literally anything you see on the internet uh, journey because, you know, now if it can be done live and, uh, you know, done in such normal circumstances as a Zoom call, I mean, you can't even trust Zoom calls anymore. If someone looks like they're paying attention, they could technically <laughs> just be taking a nap or playing video games or something. Yeah. It's it's this commercialization of the ubiquitous, ubiquitousness of deception is yes. what this is. Yeah. So a couple of things. One, of course, we've mentioned it several times, but the NVIDIA logo is mm -hmm. like a swirly spiral eyeball. So eyeball, you have like yeah. your, your eye, all seeing eye reference, but also like the creepy, you know, kind of a, similar to like the swirly pedo symbols too. Right. Yeah. Um, but this reminds me big time of the proxy in a story called the Atopia Chronicles by Matthew Mather. I've mentioned it several times because I think Matthew Mather is, uh, is uh, one of those guys that wrote about things that will come, you know, in sometime in this century yeah. as the Lord returns. And one of those things is the proxy. So what the proxy does 
is it's a little bit different from what this is, but it's similar in that a proxy will take over your biological body mm-hmm. and it'll do all the boring things like eat and sleep and go to the restroom and like the, you know, the stuff that's time consuming right. that keeps you from, uh, you know, uh, doing fun things like, I don't know, surfing the internet. And so uh, you have your proxy to handle all that. And then you have your, 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 you, your real you quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be in the cyberspace and interacting and doing all kinds of stuff. So I feel like this isn't moving in that direction, especially that part about like, Oh, you know, like you'll be looking, uh, it'll make it look like you're paying attention, but actually you're not, you yeah. know, like you're actually doing something else, but you know, for the person and on the other know, side, you know, they're going to build in, uh, you know, uh, filters like Snapchat and Instagram and all those things. Oh yeah. So you won't even really be able to believe that that's the person you're looking at, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's just unsafe i mean there is gonna come a day guns and we need to figure out our way around it but there's gonna become a day where we'll connect uh to do a show and we won't even be sure if the person on the other <laughs> side is guns or basil and we're gonna have to come up with some uh protocol make yeah, sure they're although, not a deep fake you know yeah that might be a good way to solve our uh, baby week problem you know that's true yeah or I I, can... if i go on vacation you can uh, you can still have a deep fake of my VR goggles uh, <laughs> roaming around the screen. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. It's just, this is a, th- this one actually caught me off guard. You know, we spent a lot of time thinking about this and keeping up with latest updates and stuff and the possibilities uh, that are in our near future. This one caught me off guard. I did not think that they were going to go so far as to try to build in deep faking into every video call. Yeah. And it's fascinating too, because you have this diagram on the video that it was playing in the background and Mm -hmm. it has like a girl, she's on a webcam and then it, you know, the sender basically, and it has the key point extraction on her face and then it shows what the receiver gets and and then a neural network that outputs the the AI compression of your face. Yeah. And uh, yeah, of course, there's a neural network in between you and the other person. Yeah. And to put it simply, it's kind of like uh, the way that the teleporter works on Star Trek, Mm -hmm. where, you know, in the teleporter, it takes your body apart and puts it back together in another place. That's a little bit how this is, where you're no longer even sending a video signal. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is sending instructions to a deep fake on the other end to act like you are acting. So it's kind of, it's even weirder in that you're not sending a video signal, which is like the last bastion of truth, <laughs> a live video, you know, the last bastion of truth online. Where now it's not even a live video. It's just a recreation of just some AI data yeah. being uh, sent through. Did you ever see the movie Surrogate? Never did. So in the movie, they're, yeah, they're basically people in a closet while their robot avatars are out in the world doing things or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very and, similar uh, to that. Yeah, there's a lot of movies that have that kind of theme. But then you know they show the, the wife. I can't remember the, the main character, if it was Bruce Willis or... Uh, somebody in the mm-hmm. chat would know, but anyway, they show the wife, you know, in real life and she looks all 
you know, tattered and hairs all messy and uh, right. dark bags under her eyes. But then her avatar robot of herself out there walking around is, is all beautiful. Yeah. It's all done up and everything. So yeah. it's like that, except, uh, you know, not quite the physical robots yet. Just yeah. the uh, online version, which yeah. Yeah, conveniently, of course, the whole Rona thing has multiplied the uh, the advancement of that type of technology. Not just the not the advancement per se, the use, the common day use of online, you know, technologies really sped it up a whole lot. Um, yeah. I think I was reading some. Uh, I, it was a story that I didn't include. But there was a, you know, I'm looking for stories that have the phrase New World Order in there. And mm-hmm. one of the one of these guys on one of the Japanese outlets uh, speaking for China was basically saying that because of the coronavirus, seven years of technology have been smashed into seven months. Mm, and totally. In, in terms of the usage of, you know, the kinds of technologies that uh, would have been, you know, would have taken about seven years to go mainstream are now. You yeah. know, smashed into a few months here. So since uh, since it's being brought up, surrogates, I guess, has Bruce Willis in it. Is I that think, what I yeah, mean? That's what I we're, Yeah, We were talking before the show when we were <laughs> we discussing were. We my uh, my accent that I would say the title of the show. In, and I told the story, Gons, about uh, I was talking with um, uh, some Australian guys and some Irish guys. And we were talking about English accents and Irish accents and Australian accents. And the topic came up to my accent, my American accent. And I asked uh, these Australians and Irish guys, you know, what is it? What's the American accent? Like, what do I sound like? And they're like, Oh, you sound like you're going to kill someone and, and jump out of a helicopter. I'm like what? <laughs> Like, oh, you sound like Bruce Willis. It's cool, man. We love it. I'm like, oh, weird. I've never, <laughs> nobody's ever told me I have anything uh, in common with Bruce Willis, but I'll take that one. Well, and I was um, mentioning how, and we have international listeners live right now that may be able to attest to this, but most of what people get of what the American accent is around the world mm-hmm. is through movies and like All action heroes and yeah. Although, I don't know, do people really think we talk like Arnold, you know, like walking no, around? But, no, but Arnold doesn't have an Eng- an American accent. I know, that's what I'm saying, but it's oh. an American movie. You know? Oh, no, that's why Bruce Willis. We're all Bruce Willis over here. Or, I'll take it. Or like Tom Cruise or something. I don't know, but we should move on. <laughs> okay. We're running out of time. What's our next story? Next story has to do, it's similar, and it has to do with the brain and AI. I'm your brain, artificial intelligence. And the outlet is govtech.com, government technology. Neuron-like circuits bring brain-like computers a step closer. And this was, who's the author here? Uh, Stanley, uh, R. Stanley Williams at Texas A&M University. It's written in first person here. The big idea For the first time, my colleagues and I have built a single electronic device that is capable of copying the functions of neuron cells in the brain. Mm. We then connected 20 of them together to perform a complicated calculation. This uh, This work shows that it is scientifically possible to make an advanced computer that does not rely on transistors to calculate and that uses much less electrical power than today's data centers. Our research, which began in 2004, was motivated by two questions. 
and we build a single electronic element, the equivalent of a transistor or switch, that performs most of the known functions of neurons in a brain. If so, can we use it as a building block to build useful computers? Neurons are very finely tuned, and so are electronic elements that emulate them. I co-authored a research paper in 2013 that laid out in, princip in principle what needed to be done. I took my colleagues, Suhas Kumar and others, five years, to careful, uh, five years of careful exploration to get exactly the right material composition and structure to, pr to produce the necessary property predicted from theory. Kumar then went a major step further and built a circuit with 20 of these elements connected to one another through a network of devices that can be programmed to have particular capacitances or abilities to store electric charge. He then mapped a mathematical problem to the cap, uh, cap, oh my gosh, uh, capacitances in the network, which allows him to use the device to find a solution to a small version of a problem that is important in a wide, ranging, uh, a wide range of modern analytics. The simple example we used was to look at the possible mutations that, we, that have occurred in a family of viruses by comparing pieces of their genetic information. Pretty convenient. Why it matters. The performance of computers is rapidly reaching a limit because the size of the smallest transistor is integrated uh, in integrated circuits is now approaching 20 atoms wide. Uh, any smaller in the physical principles that determine transistor behavior no longer apply. Um, there is a high stakes competition to see if someone can build a much better transistor, a method for stacking transistors or some other device that can perform the tasks that current uh, that currently require thousands of transistors. This quest is important because people have become used to the exponential improvement of computing capacity and efficiency of the past 40 years, and many business models in our economy have been built on this expectation. Engineers and computer scientists have now constructed machines that collect enormous amounts of data, which is an ore from which the most valuable commodity information is refined. The volume of that data is almost doubling every year, which is outstripping the capacity of today's computers to analyze it. And uh, I think he's talking about Moore's law there, right? Moore's mm -hmm. law, which talks about the uh, basically how computing uh, twice as much computing can happen in the same amount of space. And it, that's doubling or the doubling that happens every, I think it's every couple of years or something. I, I, can't, yeah, I, I can't, I can't remember. remember. The, I think it was four years. It doubles the speed of computing. Maybe something like that. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. we're, yeah, we're running out of, <laughs> we're hitting the end of that graph. 20 atoms wide. That's right. That's very small. What other research is being done in this field? The fundamental theory of neuron function was first pr proposed by Alan Hodgkin and Andrew Huxley about 70 mm. years ago. Wow. 70 years ago. He was... Ahead of his time, like the rest of the Huxley brothers. Yeah, and I it, had not heard of this Huxley brother. Well, I was even questioning the fact that it was the, you know, part of the Huxley family. Mm -hmm. uh, well, let me just finish this paragraph here. And it is still in use today. It is very complex and difficult to simulate on a computer. And only, only recently has it been reanalyzed and cast in the mathematics of modern nonlinear dynamics theory by Leon Chua. 
Uh, I was inspired by this work and have spent much of the past 10 years learning the necessary math and figuring out how to build a real electronic device that works as the theory predicts. There are numerous research teams around the world taking different approaches to building brain-like or neuromorphic computer chips. Okay, so um, I wanted to check to see if this Andrew Huxley guy had anything to do with the notorious uh, Huxley brothers. Uh, mm-hmm. Or the you know Aldous Huxley and Julian Huxley, Julian right. Huxley who is in who basically uh, started the UN and UNESCO specifically, mm-hmm. and of course Aldous Huxley who wrote the book Brave New World. Right. And um, as I went through some of his uh, his work here or his life, yes, he is part of the Huxley brothers. Wow. Uh, yeah, it says here Huxley was born in Lampstead, London, England on 22nd November 1917. He was the youngest son of the writer and editor Leonard Huxley by Leonard Huxley's second wife, Rosalind Bruce, and hence half-brother of the writer Aldous Huxley and fellow biologist Julian Huxley and grandson of the biologist T.H. Huxley. And if you guys know about T.H., do you know about T.H. Huxley, Basil? We've talked about it before, but you can do a quick reminder. He's he's the guy that really was behind the uh, theory of evolution. Right. He was doing a right. lot of the occult stuff surrounding it. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see. I went through the whole thing here, but I won't go through the entire thing. I had some stuff. I thought I had stuff highlighted. Maybe not. Uh, let's see. Where was he? I had stuff highlighted. What happened to the highlight? Maybe the Huxleys oh, no. got into my computer and unhighlighted. That's what happens, man. Yeah. Uh, he, Andrew Huxley was elected a fellow of the Royal Society in 1955 and became president in 1980. The Royal Society awarded him with Copley, with the Copley Medal in 1973. He was conferred a Knight Bachelor by Queen Elizabeth II in 1974. Ooh, Knight Bachelor. Yeah. Not, not one for the show, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't mind the Huxley Bucks. Huxley Bucks. Bucks, Bucks. And he was appointed to the Order of Merit in 1983. And um, where was the other part here? So basically in his career, he was doing all these experiments. And he was, uh, he, he was one of the first people to really look into uh, like muscles and neurons in general. Yeah. Try to find the spot here. Okay, 1980, Huxley was elected president of the Royal Society, a post he held until 85. In his presidential address in 1981, he chose to defend the Darwinian explanation of evolution, as his ancestor, T.H. Huxley, had in 1860. Whereas T.H. Huxley was defying the bishops of his day, Sir Andrew was countering new theories of periods of accelerated change. And uh, in 83, he defended Margaret Thatcher as a fellow on the grounds of her support for science. Mm. Um, I think it was before this when he did uh, some of this uh, weird experiments on squids. Hence the artwork of the show here. Uh, I'm trying to find the spot. Man, it really bums me out that the uh, highlighter. The highlights didn't stick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, basically, he was was hooking up... um, long fin inshore squid and trying to figure out how you know the neurons the electrical pulses worked in neurons and measure those electrical signals he 
was one of the first people to do that to, wow, to measure. He was it. doing that a long time ago. Too. Yeah, it's like the forties, thirties, something like that. And Holy again, this smokes. is like yeah, this is like the beginning of. Well, uh, and that's some real biocomputing too. That's basically creating a giant brain with a bunch of squids. Yeah, yeah, it's the early earliest forms of cybernetics in terms yeah, of yeah, some true biocybernetics. Holy yeah. smokes! So that's why it's fascinating that this uh, lesser known Huxley was involved in something like this. I don't know what they were feeding these Huxley kids. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that family was definitely connected. Yeah. It's really interesting when you consider the things that uh, his two brothers were doing, Julian and Andrew, uh, Aldous writing the book that he wrote, you know, of course it was seen as a warning about uh, what the future could look like. Some, uh, consider it a, an instruction manual, <laughs> right? but he was really surrounded. His brothers were doing this work and, uh, he was just kind of ended up being the communicator who put it all into his books and got it out into the mainstream, uh, um, you know, zeitgeist, I guess. Right. So that's pretty interesting. A triple powerhouse, one doing cybernetics and biology, the other doing government work. And then the, the uh, author brother, putting it all, putting it all together and putting it out. (laughs) Yeah. Very popular work. So I think I found it here. So this is 1939. Alan Lloyd Hodgkin returned from the U S to take up a fellowship at Trinity college and Huxley became one of his postgraduate students. Hodgkin was interested in the transmission of electrical signals along nerve fibers. Beginning in 1935 in Cambridge, he had made preliminary measurements on frog sciatic nerves, suggesting that the accepted view of the nerve as, as a simple elongated battery was flawed. Hodgkin invited Huxley to join him researching the problem. The work was experimentally challenging. One major problem was that the small size of most neurons made it extremely difficult to study them using the techniques of the time. They overcame this by working at the Marine Biological Association Laboratory in Plymouth using the giant axon on the longfin inshore squid, which have the largest neurons known. The experiments were still extremely challenging as the nerve impulses only last a fraction of a millisecond, during which time they needed to measure the changing electrical potential at different points along the nerve. Using equipment largely of their own construction and design, including one of the earliest applications of a technique of electrophysiology known as the voltage clamp. Sounds terrifying. They were able to record ionic currents. In 1939, they jointly published a short paper in Nature reporting on the work done in Plymouth and announcing their achievement of recording action potentials from inside a nerve fiber. So yeah, very wow. much, you know, you talk about MK ultra and, you know, electrotherapy and that kind of stuff. This right. is like some of the early forms of it. And I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that, uh, you know, dark CIA research wasn't inspired by this guy. Oh, some I'm of sure. the stuff he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, that's a very good, uh, very good lesson on the Huxley family. It's just the, the thought plickens, you know? Yeah, so back to the whole GovTech.com article. Uh, It says here, what's next? The technological challenge now is to scale up our proof of principles demonstration to something that can compete against today's digital behemoths. So there you go. This is um, going along the traditions that were set by 
the family that came up with the brave new world. I mean, it's very much go, you know, there's nothing really slowing it down. There's nobody out there saying, stop this progress before it is too late. (laughs) That's what we're here for, Gons. (laughs) Apparently it's our job, but they're not going to listen to us, you know. Well, speaking of which, Gons, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter show, but we've got a lot more to get to, so I think we should take a quick break. It's break time! Come on, take a break. Okie dokie, folks. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break, thank some people, and uh, show some art and things like that. But after the break, uh, we've got an interesting story regarding regarding, the internet kill switch the american Ooh. internet kill switch that needs to be discussed as well as some q news we're going to continue uh observing the uh situation where q and the mainstream are colliding but before that let's start out by thanking some new twitch followers gonzo twitchy 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 you ready yep all right first i want to thank that flat earth guy thanks for the follow Nice. Next, we have Jim Tendo. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Then Kemp1105. Kemp? Sean Kemp? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, then we have Riot's, <laughs> Riot's Exus Best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to uh, switch up the and keep that friendly there. Then we have Black Whales A. Or Black hey. Whale Z A. Uh, Kabbalah Palooza. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a legit thing that uh, you need to go to. Then we have, yeah, it's like a, it's like a Coachella, but it's for, uh, Illuminati members. Yeah. Um, then we have new two box. Hey. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's old two box or if it's a, a different take on old two box, new two box. Then I want to give a big thank you to the... El Iguana Man, or Thiel Iguana Man. I'm not sure. Um, there you go. Those are all of our new Twitch followers. Thank you so much, folks. We like to, um, you know, we, we like to try to make sure everybody is subscribed on multiple platforms and turn on notifications. Twitch is a great way to do that. And uh, the Twitch chatters always having a, a good, good old time in the chat. So uh, we recommend that you, even if you prefer YouTube or prefer something else, um, definitely a good idea to, uh, uh, subscribe on multiple platforms, turn on notifications so you don't miss a show. Okay, next up, we're going to be thanking some producers, Gons, and you'll see on the list there, uh, a couple came in during the show. I put them on the list for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be thanking our producers, and you might be thinking, what do you mean producers? This is a, a indie podcast. What do you, you can't have producers. Well, that's not quite true, folks, because we are on the value for value model. What does that mean? That means we do not advertise. You may notice we don't do any advertising on this show. And, uh, you know, some people, especially if they're new to the show, they just beg for advertisements instead of uh, going off of our value for value model. But, you know, it's just a matter of time before you realize that the advertising model is not as innocent as it seems. Uh, Advertising is the reason big data and, uh, you know, things like TikTok and China taking data and Facebook selling data and uh, Cambridge Analytica, all that is because of advertising. It's really the real vibe 
virus that has taken down uh, uh, life as we know it on Earth here. And it also incentivizes creators like Gons and I to consider our listeners, our audience as uh, cattle as as a commodity to be traded for fiat dollars and uh you know we just didn't like the idea of having to think of every one of our dear dear listeners our family if you will as a commodity to so we could turn around sell their data and uh advertise on the show for some corporation that doesn't care about us or doesn't care about our people all they care about is uh, making money and you know it just didn't feel right to us i mean even tied in with all that is uh, just the brainwashing aspect of advertising and the the uh, demand to be compliant to be brand friendly not to talk about things uh, that could get us in trouble and be forced to apologize for stating facts like many uh, famous notable podcasters no we eschew that whole system and instead, we run on the value for value model, which means we put out a show. We do it three times a week, most of the time, and we do a pretty good job. And if you gain any value out of what we do, you have the opportunity to put value back in. And indeed, we cannot continue if it were not for uh, b- dear producers uh, becoming, well, dear listeners, becoming producers and supporting the show. And you can do that uh, in a lot of different ways, um, but we'll go through them right now. And if you are considering becoming a producer, uh, keep in mind, these are all people who are in a similar situation as you, and they made the plunge. They invested. This is, you know, you really need to consider it this way. You're investing in your own media future. You know, if, if all of our producers ceased the show would have a really hard time going and uh, you know you'd be relegated to watching some show that's advertising and selling your data and trying to brainwash you into buying Swiffer wet jets or god forbid turning to the mainstream media so uh, producing the show is an investment in your media future in the future of your children's media and uh, you know also an investment in the the life of Gons and I to be able to continue doing this okay so let's uh, start out the one of the first uh, one of the best and the first way you can help produce the show is by going to patreon.com slash ccnt for Canary Cry News Talk patreon.com slash ccnt and uh there you can sign up to support the show just like our new producer john thank you producer john john that's right and uh we also had a new producer come in during the show and that is producer hannah thank you very much producer hannah let me just reload make sure nobody else came in while i'm saying this uh do 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 Nope, that's it. Thank you, John, and thank you, Hannah, uh, for becoming producers of this show, 252. Now, we also have another Patreon called patreon.com slash CCR for Canary Cry Radio. No, it's Canary Cry uh, Radio. It's not CCR. What did I say? You said CCR. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio. Uh, no new producers coming in there. Um, so thank you, Producer John. Thank you, Producer Hannah. Now, here's the thing, folks. If you don't like Patreon, that's okay. There's a lot of reasons not to like Patreon. But if you still want to become a producer of the show, you can head on over to CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. Canary Cry Radio. 
That's right. Over at canarycryradio.com slash support. There's a bunch of other ways to support the show. One of them is uh, through PayPal. We've got monthly options if uh, you'd like to become a recurring producer. Or if commitment's not your thing, you can make a one-time donation. uh, Sorry, one-time producership uh, in any amount. And Gons, who do we have coming in through the PayPal? First off, uh, before we get into all the PayPal producers, mm-hmm. uh, I, d- we, I just wanted to mention, if you are a Canary Cry Radio patron, so mm-hmm. can, uh, patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio, there mm-hmm. is merch that, that we're supposed to send out to you, and oh, yeah. I just have to do that. I'm going to try to get that done before the end of the year, uh, but we'll see. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know it, it is we're coming. Owed. Apologize for owe. a little bit of a slowdown there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need, we need, I need like little, I need little robot arms to package that stuff for me. Let's Maybe. do it. 30k get a flippy arm (laughs) for 30k we can send you waffle fries (laughs) for becoming a producer okay so paypal producers to start things off cynthia thank you cynthia thank you producer cynthia and she came in with a trump tax slash 33 by coming in with 75 dollars and 33 cents i love that this combination uh donations are great yes and uh, also want to thank producer Sergey. Thank, thank you, you producer Sergey. And we also have producer Exodus three two. Thank you, producer Exodus. Three two. Three two. Exodus three two. Okay. Give him the full full thing. Come on, man. You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, we also want to thank producer Michael. Thank you, producer Michael. Thank you, producer Michael. Coming in at $33.33. Nice. And uh, a big thank you to producer Paul. Thank you, Paul. Yes, coming thank in. you. Producer Paul came in during the show. During so the show. Quick, quick, uh, he's quick on the draw there. Thank yeah, you, producer Paul. Good stuff. And we'd also like to thank, last but not least, producer Aaron. Thank you, producer Aaron. Thank you very much, producer Aaron. And I'm looking at the amount here. That makes producer Aaron the executive producer for today. Uh, So, producer Aaron, if you're listening, executive producer of episode 252. Yes. And uh, well on his way to knighthood. Yes. Um, And there are other ways you can support the show with your treasure. You can... Uh, support us with cryptocurrencies. You can go to canarycryradio.com slash crypto, learn how to do that, and also you know learn a little bit about what the whole crypto thing is about. Um, yeah, it's a great place to start. Even if you're not that familiar with cryptocurrency and you want to learn, um, Gon's put a great page together there that will help explain it to you. Cool. And because, uh, you know, money is, money is just money. Yeah. Medi- medium of exchange, right? Uh, yeah. We don't have any nights today. We didn't. Uh, another way you can produce the show is with your talent, and of course, we uh, always feature the talent that is brought onto the show. Uh, we didn't have any jingles sent in for this episode or music. We're still waiting for like another song. You know, it'd be nice to have yeah. a whole end of show mix that we can have. We get one every couple months. Yes, but it's, it's almost time for another one. Which uh, I think I have to. Uh, one of the songs that we play at the end, I got the the correct drum track, so I have to go ah. back and edit something on uh, one of the tracks that we got. I've been remix. meaning to do that. Yeah, a little remix there. Uh, but also, more importantly, well, maybe not more importantly, but more frequently, mm-hmm. art. One Yay. art, please. 
<laughs> and we have a big group of people, uh, producers, coming in with their art today. So I'd like to start off by thanking Russell for coming in with a couple of 33-inspired art. Oh, yes. And uh, kind of psychedelic. I don't know. It's, yeah. Uh, it almost looks like it was created by a like a neural network or something. Yeah. But very cool nonetheless. And uh, for those listening to the podcast version, they are uh, both uh, big 33, number 33, uh, but uh, with a lot of sort of uh, space and fractal and, uh, I don't know, very, very well composed. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a lot going on in some of these that you, uh, it looks like people or individuals or entities or something kind of hidden in the art. It's, it's it's very representation of the mystery of the Illuminati uh, dog whistle there. Yes. So if you want to take a closer look at that or any of these pieces of art, you can go to canarycrynewstalk.com and look for the episode with that. We uh, talk about uh, with each one of these. So thank you, Russell. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Russell. For the 33 artwork. Next up, we have 88. (laughs) Sorry, Epony Blaze says it's like one of those color blindness tests. Oh yeah, <laughs> kind of <laughs> sort is. Of, huh? yeah. yeah, if you're colorblind, you won't see the number there. Yeah. Um. Uh. Okay. Also coming in, eighty-eight special came in with a piece of art. Couple of cool canaries. This and, was uh, so funny. I love it. It's uh. I think it's you and I as yeah. canaries. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to make put this on a shirt. This is really great. Who was this? What this was is- the name of? 88 special 88 special and for those listening it is a really well done illustration it's gons and i as canaries but we're sort of humanoid canaries i'm wearing a cool hawaiian shirt that i'm sure i'll get canceled for um i got my scruff there got kind of a laissez-faire uh, got my <laughs> vr helmet on some laissez-faire looking my giant eyeballs and gons you're looking pretty cool back there too you look like an anime character um, got your beard and your glasses and you're, uh, you're wearing a big hoodie. This is really fun. This would be a fun t-shirt. We might have to let, uh, um, dust producer dust who is working the, uh, the merch perch canary cry merch perch.com. Yes. Yeah. And it says couple of cool canaries. This is very fun. I'm going to have love to it. print this one out. Yeah. So awesome. thank you very much. 88 special. I love this one. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, we also have Lekecht. 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 He labeled this piece of art. It's pronounced Lekecht. L-E-K-3-C-T. Yes. So I don't know. I still don't know. I'm sure that was done on purpose to help us not help us. Oh, that is great. Okay, so here, I'll explain this one. Yeah. Uh, also, in a very unique uh, illustrative style here, we've got a crowd of people, and up at a podium is uh, looks to be some sort of representation of Greta Thunberg. Greta. Uh, she, yes, Greta. But she's got a little armband there with a nuclear symbol, and she is saying, Time is a bigger threat than global warning. warming. We need to kill time. And then we've got people in the uh, crowd here going, go Shmretta. We love you, Shmretta. She is so brave. Oh, you know what? Uh Go ahead. Well, there's a TV there with a newscaster that says Kronos is coming. Yeah, that's why Uh, we need to kill time because Kronos is coming. And also another uh, 
little Easter egg and not in the real sense there, but uh, Alice in yes. the audience there from Alice, Alice in Wonderland. Wonderland. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Lekecht. Lekecht. Always uh, lots of analysis to go into uh, yeah. your artwork. Deep thinker that Lekecht. Yeah. Very meta, meta artwork. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> took a, took a second to realize what was going on when I first opened this. Shmretta. Like, Shmretta. Okay. Thank you, Lekecht. I'm sure that's not how you say it. L-E-K-3-C-T. Well, he didn't, or they didn't correct us. I know. So I know. we're just going to keep saying that until we're corrected. Lekecht. Okay, this next one, a couple pieces from Yvonne. Ooh. This first one from Yvonne is called Dulk. Newsflash, Trump was put on steroids, and it's <laughs> the, uh, the, the great Hulk, all in green there with his purple pants. But yep. Trump's head. Yes. Very good uh, <laughs> Photoshop job there. And yeah, they were making a huge deal about how he's on steroids. I didn't quite understand why that was such, you know, a piece of radical information. But yeah, I don't know. Don't kids with cancer, don't they get put on everybody steroids? Everybody gets steroids. I get yeah. steroids when I get, I don't know, some sort of, uh, you know, strep throat or something. Uh-oh. Basil on roids. Oh, I wish. Ag, ag basil. <laughs> and uh, very good yvonne thank you for that one we also have another one from yvonne and this one is uh reckless trump and uh, it's trump on a motorcycle and it says breaking <laughs> news trump behaving recklessly after being treated with covid meds <laughs> <laughs> yes it, this looks like a clip from uh one of the more recent mission impossibles where but it has Trump's head instead of Tom Cruise. Yeah, and the red tie, the whole deal. Very good. Yeah, very well done. Very good. So thank <laughs> He's you. He's being that. so reckless. No mask, no helmet. <laughs> and his hair flopping everywhere. It's fantastic. <laughs> and thank you very much, Yvonne. Yes, thank you, Yvonne. And last but not least, uh, we have one from Ali. Gazel Bonds in the chat. Basil brings home the bacon. And this is in reference to you wanting to learn how to, uh, yes. you, you know, Gans, let me explain this one. Uh, I realized you missed a piece of, um, art. Oh, I did. Uh, you did search. Uh, Oh, what was it called? Oh no. Oh no. A case of the basils. Okay. I search a case of the basils. It's right there in the list. Okay, so um, while Gons pulls that up, I'll describe this. I mentioned last episode oh, we were talking yes. about, uh, you know, the wild boars that were taking over America. And I talked about how, you know, you can pretty much shoot as many of these things as you want. Talking about how I wanted to get into hunting to get more in tune with uh, where my food comes from. And this one, uh, Ali, Gazel and Bonds in the chat calls it basil brings home the bacon you got a couple of pigs a couple of wild, wild boars and then of course stalking through the grass uh i was <laughs> uh, there's me with my vr headset and an ar-15 uh, bringing home the bacon very good ally thank you thank you thank you um and yeah something tells me this is not the last we'll hear of these wild boars taking over uh, the country <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I did find it. I totally forgot about this one. I'm sorry. I will uh, include it now. It was done by... Oh, so thank you, Allie, for the for the Basil Brings Home the Bacon. Always a pleasure, Allie. Uh, and the one we missed here, Mark. And uh, Mark sent one in called... Hold on here. 
A case of the basils. Case of the basils. And uh, it was me talking about uh, telling listeners, let basil grow on you. So (laughs) took it literally. And there's a lot going on here. He actually uh, took a piece that Allie did a while back after I did my dinosaur impression and my eyeball fell off. And we were talking about the guy who got stabbed by a narwhal uh, tusk. And yeah, uh, this is a little bit of a concerning representation (laughs) of, uh, you know, letting Basil grow on you. But uh, there's an arm with uh, a wound and coming out of the wound is this terrifying lizard person, Basil. It says, I seem to have caught a nasty case of the Basil's stab man variant. Oh, yes. (laughs) Stab man being the name of this rendition of Basil with a narwhal horn. Uh, So (laughs) this this is great because this is taking previous art and recreating it, repurposing it. Which is, uh, this is the beauty of, uh, you know, the producership of our show is uh, yes. it's all open source, folks. You can uh, use each other's source. art and create new art. It's all, <laughs> you know, it's all under fair use. That's right. Well, very good. And uh, I think Allie gets a little credit too yep. for inspiring it. But thank you very much, Mark. I'm glad we caught that. Yes, thank Mark. you for that. Thank you for that. For Because there was a lot of art today. I, I yeah, there was. Keep up with everything. There was literally how many pieces of art is it one two three four five six eight pieces of art six eight wow that's probably a record yeah it's gotta be so thank you to all of our artists and uh there you go if you have talent you can become a producer just by creating show themed art make sure it has something to do with the show and there surely is a lot of prompts for you so uh go nuts there and for anybody who wants to do some content creation for the show jingles music art you can email all of that to canarycryradio at gmail.com and of course, a big thank you to uh, producer That Night Wind for uh, giving us the timestamps for every episode for the YouTube post for those who just want to skip around uh, uh, topic by topic instead of having to listen to all the nonsense in between. Um, we do want to mention again, canarycrymerchperch.com. Uh, they're a uh, dust. Uh, we yes we're they're going by dust now so dust um producer dust i'd say put together canary cry merch perch.com it's always being updated with new art and uh, we got an email that the pricing structure and the uh the structure of how the funds will be divvied up it will go between uh the artist possibly we're working on that uh us the show and the webmaster so it's a it's a family-run company uh or, or operation um but we thank very much producer dust for taking this uh project on and that's how we roll you know gons and i can't do everything so it takes the canary cry family um so there will be a growing collection of canary cry merch being available there um and the pricing structures and stuff they're all getting figured out it's still in process but go check it out canary cry merch perch.com yes um, okay anything else guns um well just uh yeah just just wake up your normie friends huh okay oh, wake up uh, yes it's wake up time hey yo wake up oh yeah um, 
completely losing control of my VR space here. Um, I'll start out here, Guns. Okay. And we got we to gotta zoom. We're a little bit past your out time. So yeah, we're going to zoom gonna, through the rest of the show here, folks. Sorry about that. Uh, this is on fee.org, the Foundation for Economic Education. And the article is titled, The President Has an Internet Kill Switch. A bipartisan group of lawmakers wants to change that. The COVID- a new age. <laughs> Good one. Uh, The COVID-19 crisis has taken an enormous toll with more than 200,000 Americans having succumbed to the virus, according to government data. Okay, so to the sweeping government response has wrought both unprecedented economic and public health consequences. Thus, in addition to the obvious health consequences, one major concern posed by the COVID-19 crisis is that unprecedented government power grabs may be here to stay. No kidding. But okay, I'm glad somebody else is talking about this. Consider that the Centers, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention used the coronavirus as pretext to unconstitutionally outlaw evictions nationwide in a de facto nationalization of the rental market. Wow, I had not heard it described like that before. But Or the Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer uh, baselessly made lawn care services illegal, and it quickly becomes clear why a bar- bipartisan group of legislators is now seeking to limit the government's power to take drastic action in future emergencies. Right now, the executive branch technically has the authority under a World War II era amendment of the Communications Act of 1934 to seize control of, monitor, or shut down, quote, any wire communication if the president deems it necessary for national security and declares an emergency. This power applied to the modern age would certainly include the ability of a president to, amid a crisis, seize control of the internet or even shut it off in swaths of the country in the name of national security. It even appears the president could do this all unilaterally, meaning he could just do it whenever he wants and not have to get approval. Thankfully, on September 23rd, uh, Senator Rand Paul, there's a little typo there, I think, but Senator Rand Paul, Gary, oh, Senators Rand Paul, Gary Peters, and Ron Wyden joined forces with uh, Representatives Thomas Macy, Tulsi Gabbard to introduce a bill rolling back these drastic powers. Quote, if you give government an inch, it takes 10 miles, and this has been vividly illustrated by the surveillance state's overreaches in a time of seamlessly endless war, Paul said. Quote, no president from either party should have the sole power to shut down or take control of the Internet or any other of our communication channels during an emergency. Quote, the oath that I took as a soldier and as a member of Congress was to support and defend our Constitution, Gabbard remarked. No president should have the power to ignore our freedoms guaranteed by the Constitution and violate our civil liberties and privacy by declaring a national emergency. When governments around the world turn off Internet access, they do significant harm to their national economies and their citizens' civil rights, Macy said. This bipartisan bill will ensure that no future American president can unilaterally trip an internet kill switch. Americans do not have to accept the premise that one person can deprive them of their First Amendment rights by flipping a switch. Why restraining the government's emergency powers is necessary. 
Some might fail to see the need to roll back emergency powers over the internet. After all, they would only be ever used in a true extreme emergency, right? Why wouldn't we want the government to have all the available tools to address a genuine crisis? The problem with this stance becomes clear when you take even a cursory glance at how often the word crisis is bantered about in modern political discourse. Politicians call student loan debt a crisis, the affordability of housing a crisis, the healthcare a crisis. Others dub everything from the national debt to overregulation a crisis. None of this is to say these issues are not pressing, important, or even urgent, but it's apparent that just about every issue under the sun can be considered a crisis or emergency to its ardent advocates. So, the notion that emergency powers will only be used in extreme circumstances is deeply naive, and both perceived crises and actual crises are uh, alike are often used as justification for sweeping government power grabs. As Friedrich Hayek once observed, quote, emergencies have always been the pretext on which safeguards of individual liberty have been eroded. Robert Higgs concurred in his seminal work, Chrysic Crisis and Leviathan, in which he explains how the government obtains new powers each time a crisis emerges, but rarely, if ever, relinquishes them when the crisis passes. Quote, in one form of another, great crisis will, sorry, in one form of another, okay, uh, great crises will surely come again, Higgs wrote. When they do, governments almost certainly will gain new powers over economic and social affairs for those who cherish individual liberty and a free society the prospect is deeply disheartening. Um, just one last little section here. History shows how emergency powers led to disastrous abuses. During World War II, President Franklin, uh, let's see, well, sorry, sorry, sorry. We've seen this play out time and time again in American history. During World War II, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt used the emergency posed by the war to round up Asian Americans and Asian immigrants and throw them in internment camps without due process or even any suspicion of wrongdoing. In the wake of 9-11 terrorist attacks, the emergency was used as justification for unconstitutional warrantless spying on Americans and the detention and torture of alleged enemy combatants without any due process. Many of these spying powers are still in effect today, nearly two decades after the attack, and the internet kill switch is itself a remnant of emergency powers granted during World War II, but never rescinded. Imagine the havoc a power-hungry federal government controlled by either party could wreak during an emergency, real or perceived, by seizing control of wireless communications. Yet, this isn't a far-fetched fantasy. If we leave the federal government's sweeping power to shut down the internet on the books, it's likely it will eventually be exercised to the detriment of Americans' civil liberties. And once the power is exercised, it's unlikely we'll ever be able to scale it back. This is not a hypothetical. China shut down the internet in Xinjiang uh, for an entire year in 2009 in response to protests and riots in the region. Iran temporarily killed the internet in 2019 to 
shut down the spread of information during anti-regime protests. Even democratic nations such as India have exercised an internet kill switch in some regions to control the populace and stifle communication. But this dystopian fate isn't inevitable for the United States. We should be thankful for the bipartisan group of legislators working to ensure that this nightmare scenario never comes to life here. It doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, liberal or conservative. It doesn't matter matter whether you despise Donald Trump or are horrified by the thought of President Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. If the thought of your political opponents wielding unilateral control over the internet disturbs you, that's a good sign it's a power the government should not have. So there you go, Gons. Uh, kind of speaks for itself. There's not too much to analyze within that whole thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, leftover from uh, World War II, the president currently has unilateral control to shut down the internet. We've seen it many times in other countries over the past five, ten years. And I don't think it's out of the question that either one of the presidential candidates would consider uh, exercising this power. Yeah, well. Connecting it to the next story, the whole Q Anon stuff, people have uh, suggested the 10 days of darkness and things of that nature where uh, Trump will shut off the internet while he makes all the uh, deep state swamp draining arrests, you know, yeah, and that kind right. of thing. Um, but, you know, there's something interesting about this because in all the examples that were mentioned in, in you know, one place in China and in India, it's it's fascinating to me because on one hand the government has this overreaching surveillance state. Mm-hmm. Are they willing to shut that down? You know they have to weigh their options if they're going to shut it down because then they lose track of yeah a lot maybe, of maybe although they might be able to just shut down certain aspects of it certain you know? aspects or maybe certain regions depending on what you know uh, isolated situations or whatever yeah but, and Harpazo man in the chat says uh, so you can imagine what will happen if your brain is connected to the internet oh yeah know, via brain net or uh, um. Neuralink. Neuralink, thank you. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> what happened? I'm normal. Yeah, I'm just a normal I'm human. I'm just a human. Where's my enhancement? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so, I, you know, I understand the concern here, and certainly I think it's good that we shouldn't have a uh, internet kill switch that's controlled. This is similar yeah, to the nuclear... it shouldn't exist at all. The well, fact that it yeah. exists is problematic. Well, it's kind of similar to the uh, nuclear codes, you know? Yeah. The president has power to. And um, part of it also is a good reason for decentralization of all the internet and uh, all the technologies. Because, you know, in theory, the ideal situation would be that every single person is uh, smart enough or savvy enough to create their own... Uh, or have their own computer servers, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, to host your own data and information and you can control where it's being shared and how far and wide it goes. And if they shut down the internet, you still can technically uh, have all your data at least. And, uh, you know, if you have independent connections between server farms or whatever, you won't need, you know, the government can't step in and really shut it down. So that's yeah. kind of the, the idea of a true, uh, 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 you know, idea of decentralization in a kind of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, ideal, like an idealist kind yeah. of way. Uh, not that it's necessarily practical, but you know, it's, it's one way to try to, to 
you know, fight this type yeah. of control. Well, and you make a good point referring to decentralization for those who know and for those who are learning, you know, uh, decentralized internet using blockchain technology would uh, essentially avoid any possibility of centralized control. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're talking about, you know, internet and whatever 5.0 or whatever we're getting <laughs> wherever we're going. <laughs> I think it's web 3.0 that we're yeah. approaching here, but I yeah, I mean right. that, that is something to point out because you know, if they shut down the internet uh, in America, let's say, mm-hmm. um, well, you know, I'm not quite sure if a lot of the U S banks have like servers offshore, but uh, effectively you won't be able to access any of your money, you know, and people yeah. always, people always have said like, Oh, what if they shut down the internet? If you know, you lose all your Bitcoin, it's like, well, if they shut down the internet, you're not going to access your bank account either. So, right. You know what I mean? And, but if it, if they just shut it down in the United States, so let's say, you know, the people in China or India, if they had something like Bitcoin and they shut down the internet, they still didn't, you know, you didn't lose all your Bitcoin because yeah. you know, there's other places uh, nodes all across the world maintaining that network. So it's something to keep in mind, this idea of decentralization, again, in an idealistic uh, form, would combat some of the uh, total authoritarian type of power that an internet kill switch holder would yield. Totally. Uh, yeah, just something to keep in yeah. mind. Yeah, well, I hope uh, Rand Paul gets there. You know, I was scrolling through my, uh, my pictures uh, on mm-hmm. my you know, my, uh, you know, your photo album on my phone. And I uh, found the picture I have with Rand Paul. Oh, for yeah, those, that's right. Yeah, f- for those who uh, don't know, on uh, Canary Cry Radio, our other show, um, I had a chance to interview Rand Paul. I'm sure it's it's an irrelevant interview now. <laughs> yeah. And I did kind of choke, but it was back when he was considering running for president. Didn't you, um, <laughs> didn't you talk to him about his tie or something? I don't remember. I was so <laughs> nervous. It was, it was kind of a, it was not that great of an interview, but it's on record. I did interview Rand Paul. Yep. Very good. Um, so you can check that out. Search Canary Cry Radio. Uh, okay. You want to bring us into the last story here? Yes. Let me get my jingles aligned for this last one, which is right here. Cancel culture. Cue the miserable. Cue the desperate. What must I do to convince you people? You're right, Q. Forbes.com. Facebook has banned QAnon. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Facebook is removing all accounts across its platform affiliated with the right-wing QAnon conspiracy theory. I don't know why it's just right-wing. The, <laughs> the boldest step after... It's, m- it's explicitly like a nonpartisan. It's supposed to group. be anyway, yeah. I guess there is. It does have a heavy uh, Trump focus, though. Sure. So. Uh, the boldest step after months of cracking down on the pro-Trump group, the FBI has warned, are, quote, conspiracy theory-driven domestic terrorists. Yeah, yeah. Do I read these points here? Key facts. No, no. Skip, skip the bullet right. points. Critical quote. Quote, for example, while we've removed QAnon content that content that celebrates and supports violence yeah wait <laughs> actually i'm sorry yeah no, I think the I have whole to read article <laughs> is the the key yeah. points okay key facts all facebook pages groups and instagram accounts representing QAnon will be removed even if they do not contain violent content facebook announces in a news release tuesday the QAnon conspiracy theory which claims a deep state plot against president donald trump and his supporters 
by a global cabal of sex traffickers looking to create a new world order. Yeah. Has grown yeah. in popularity recently. I mean, you know, that's it's kind of too bad because I mean, like we've mentioned, there is a bunch of people, these like globalist types that are planning a new world order and they say it out loud in articles, yeah. in published books and all this stuff. You know, but, I do uh, want to correct I do want to correct myself. I think in the in my own fantasy world, I would like Q to be a nonpartisan thing, but I think in general it is very much it focused is, on supporting Trump. Yeah, it is a Trump backed uh which is one of the reasons down. why I don't really trust it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, although you know, just to label it right wing, because I don't think it, it's not just a right wing thing. I, I know that people, uh, they, they, I mean, I guess Forbes has to label it that because it's a Trump supporting movement. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah eh, whatever. Yeah, keep going. Okay. Republican candidate, Majori Taylor Green, who has openly promoted the conspiracy in the past, appears to be a shoe in to win a U.S. congressional seat from her northern Georgia district, while Trump himself has refused to disavow QAnon. Facebook said it has removed more than 1,500 pages and groups representing QAnon since August 19th, when it announced efforts to disrupt QAnon's ability to organize using its platform. In the past, Facebook has only banned QAnon content that discussed potential violence, but said Tuesday that they were, quote, several issues, uh, that there were, quote, several issues that led to today's update, Critical quote, quote, for example, while we've removed QAnon content that celebrates and supports violence, we've seen other QAnon content tied to different forms of real world harm, including recent claims that the West Coast wildfires were started by certain groups, which diverted attention, excuse me, diverted attention of local officials from mm. fighting the fires and protecting the public, Facebook said in a statement. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Key background, the QAnon conspiracy had quickly spread online. After first appearing on 4chan, da 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 da, we know about sort of what Q is, and uh, I mean that, that's all there is to this report. Yeah, well, it's, it's crazy, complete, complete banning. You know, yeah. it's uh, and of course there's some people in the chat mentioning, you know, yeah, they're going after pedophiles and uh, exposing powerful people's wrongdoings, and so of course Facebook wants to bring it down. You know, okay. But I think the biggest thing is this is just going to backfire like it always does. This is not going to slow any sort of QAnon thing. This is going to bolster uh, the idea that Q is on to something. And honestly, QAnon people, they don't need Facebook. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you really know, not. and they'll find sneaky ways to get it back on. Maybe they won't call it QAnon. You know, you're going to see uh, WAnon and... <laughs> The the algos won't catch QAnon, you know. Yeah, so. it's, it's going to start getting. Uh, we're going to run out of alphabets, you know, the letters eventually. But yeah, yeah. I'm sure. It'll, but this it'll is take it pretty crazy because you know Facebook has done a very poor job of keeping, uh, you know, sort of pedophilic groups and pages. Yeah, uh, that they, they they refuse to get rid of a lot of them, and yet now they're just across the board getting rid of q pages uh again just to be clear we're not necessarily q people uh so it doesn't yeah. really affect my life but it is uh concerning that this is the this is the hill they're standing on yeah you know it's weird because uh business insider also had an article about this and they kept mentioning the phrase baseless conspiracy theories 
Right. And they're saying baseless conspiracy theories about this or that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if it's baseless conspiracy theories, it wouldn't catch what's on the so threat? quick. <laughs> yeah. What's the, th- what are they <laughs> oh, afraid yeah, of? Yeah, good point. Yeah. Why, why just let them have their baseless conspiracy theories and talk about right. it. Right. And if it was that baseless, it wouldn't catch so much attention. Right, either. right, right. I so, mean, it, it would catch attention. Trends, lots of trends, whether they're conspiracy theories or something else, you know, they'll catch on for a while, but if they if something is truly baseless, it won't last. And yeah. that's the thing about this whole Q thing is it really has uh, lasted a lot longer than I think a lot of people expected. And, you know, I think because we were around talking about, we didn't call it deep state per se, but, you know, just a, a group of people within government trying to take out the U.S. government and a global cabal of sex traffickers looking to create a new world order. I mean, that's been talked about way before Q ever hit yeah. the, hit the public. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so it, it, it just seems like if it is, it's a psyop. Yeah. Then it would make sense to allow Q to flourish, get all these people and say this kind of thing to, to have a movement and then shut them all down. Cause then they can get rid of the actual people. It, it can, number one, it muddies the waters, right? The people right. that are really trying to expose the reality of it, they get bombarded by, you know, Q people holding up signs that say, you know, save the children or whatever, which mm-hmm. again, yeah, true. Like you want to make sure kids are safe and all that. Uh, but you have this, again, this muddy of the waters and then you can shut them all down. You don't have to right. just like, ju- just, uh, focus on a small group. You have this movement you can shut down right. politically. So it's yeah. kind of a, a hurting a process and yeah, let it you, coagulate a little bit yeah, and then and, pick the scab and you don't have to be uh, a QAnon supporter to get shut down. You can get, you, cause it's like a calling method, you know, if yeah. you can openly reject QAnon, but if you question the official narrative, then you're, you're kind of, uh, you're kind of batched in to the same you know, baseless conspiracy. Theorists. I wonder just to disconnect it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, this could be a potential uh, just mo- like political move by Zuckerberg. You know, Trump's really been on Zuckerberg's butt lately about right. a lot of things. And Zuckerberg, of course, taking down uh, Trump ads and then Trump, you know, threatening to uh, regulate the big tech companies, which right. is an obvious threat because Trump hates regulation. However, yeah. he's going to, you know, regulate the companies he doesn't like. Um, this might be a, a political move by Zuckerberg. To try to show his support for Trump in a way? No, just to try to show the power he still has, you know, oh, to not be I pushed see. around. It's more of like, a, you know, just throwing a left hook at Trump just to show Trump that, you know, he's not some nerd he can bully yeah but but didn't you don't you remember hearing zuckerberg say i'm not capable of hatred (laughs) you know you ask me that a lot i still don't remember it (laughs) weird weird how i don't remember that uh we'll wrap up with this real quick as part of this there's a q drop on october 7th 2020 which is today Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh and the and the 
The drop was threats, bribes, and blackmail being deployed at unseen levels, question mark. Dirty laundry, blackmail, controls DC, question mark. No kidding. Why are they protected, question mark. Threats, bribes, and blackmail or sharing of like beliefs, question mark. Dark secrets. Let's see what happens, Q. do it. Let's you know, see what happens. Uh, and that let's see what happens thing is in quotes, quotation yeah. marks. And that is uh, something Trump kind of says a lot to avoid answering questions. Have yeah. you noticed that? I, a lot I of have. his press briefings or if he's answering questions, he'll say, oh, I don't know. Let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, as I, I have said before, the Q posts more recently in the last like several months. Uh-huh. It's more like a social media platform for somebody. Yeah. It's not yeah. really, you're not really exposing anything or, right. or uh, well, know, it's certainly been out. co-opted by a lot of people. Anybody can make an anonymous account and call it Q yeah. and then just do whatever they want. Uh, RIP Epstein, AKA Lil Mossad in the chat says double, triple reversal psyop. <laughs> uh, I think he figured it out. I think Thank that's you, little Mossad. That is the truth. They want yeah. people to know that they don't know, so they'll look it up even though they're not allowed to, so that they can know without knowing, but they're <laughs> going to understand what they're not supposed to know. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> we figured it out. All right, Gons, we got to get you out of here, buddy. Yeah, got to go. Okie dokie, folks. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Hey, if you are like Byron uh, and you've been thinking, you've been wondering, you've been enjoying the show, you've been valuing the show, and you've been considering becoming a producer, remember, we can't do the show without our producers. So if it's been rattling around in your heart and your soul and your mind to become a producer of the show, consider doing it now or doing it in the next couple days days because our next episode will be on friday the 9th friday october 9th will be the next episode sometime between noon and 3 p.m pacific standard time set your alarms put it on your schedule and if you've been thinking about becoming a producer please consider uh joining the value for value model um before friday that'll be great i can't wait to thank some new producers i want to thank today's producers we got producer john producer hannah producer cynthia producer sergey producer exodus 32 producer michael producer Aaron, and producer Paul. Thank you guys so much for the help. We cannot do it without you. And remember, if you've got jingles or art or anything like that, uh, you can send that to canarycryradio at gmail.com. Thank you to our artists, Russell, 88 Special, Lekecht, Yvonne, and of course, Ali, the illustrious Ali. Oh, and Mark. Um, Oh, and Mark. Yes, thank you, Mark, also. Uh, also, thank you to That not, that Night Win for the help with the timestamps on the YouTube video. You are the man. Um, so, yeah, you know, consider getting involved in all sorts of ways. Make sure to keep checking back to Canary Cry Merch Perch. Uh, producer dust has been really helping us out with that and, uh, keep an eye on it. Some changes will continue. Um, but that's a great way to, uh, get your canary cry merch and support the show and support, 
uh, the artists and support the webmasters. It's all a big family here. We're all trying to make it work. And again, please consider getting involved with the value for value model. Invest. Not only are you investing in your own media future, you're also rebelling against the global theology of advertisement disconnecting from the big data prison panopticon prison uh there's just so many spiritual and psychological and just social benefits um to uh participating in the value for value model so we thank you guys very very much now let's see here um am i missing anything gonzo Oh, uh, on Friday, so. I'll be reading ratings and reviews. So if you All haven't right. done it yet, search Apple Podcasts, Canary Cry News Talk on whatever search bar you like the most. And uh, that'll take you to where you can leave a rating and a review. We'll be reading those on Friday, my favorite time of the week. Um, so please, if you haven't done it, it's very, very helpful. It A, uh, Gons and I read it all, makes us feel all warm and fuzzy. And it's a good way to, you know, let us know how much you appreciate uh, what we're doing Um, but it's also a great way to tell the algorithms um, that control that stuff to share the show with more people that's something just we have no control over it's weird Uh, that's all on you guys so every rating and review counts and helps and i'll be reading them on friday so please search apple Podcasts, canary cry news talk leave a rating and a review thank you so much and the best way to share the show uh well to help the show is to share the show personally you got friends you got family they're all waking up to the fact that the world is not what it seems and if they need any help why not send them an episode of canary cry news talk uh we're here we make it easy we make it fun and light we're not here to scare anybody uh, but we are here to get the truth out and if somebody needs it share the show with them we would appreciate that very much and if you're here because somebody sent you an episode welcome welcome to the family Um, and if you need any more instructions on how to do that here's what you do you walk right up to them you grab them by the cage and then you shake it the end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted That's right, just ask Noah. And remember to get hooked in with other Canarians. We've got our Canary Cry community on Facebook. It'll ask you a couple questions. Uh, Answer those questions correctly to gain access to the show um, and connect with people just like you. There's also canarycry.community, a real URL. That's our off Facebook uh, meeting place for all can- all things Canarians and not just uh, conspiracy theories and if- current events, but also uh, fun and games, fellowship, prayer, all sorts of great stuff. Connect with people just like you. Um, I want to give a small random shout out to Rona Destroyer. I don't know why. I've just been told to do it and I'm doing it. Um, now, lastly... Remember, we'll be back. Oh, Canary Prayer. If you have any prayer requests or want to join the prayer team, you can email canaryprayer at gmail.com. Canaryprayer at gmail.com. Get hooked in that way. It's a great group of uh, prayer warriors. 
So do that. Okay, be back here Friday the 9th. That's our next episode. Friday the 9th, sometime between noon and 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Do it! But... Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Make sure to tune in next time. But until then, think outside the cage. Remember, reality is an illusion. The universe is a hologram. Buy gold. Bye. I want to shake things up, shake things up. I want to shake things up, shake things up. Leave the bird alone. I want to stir up some controversy. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and